Hello, everybody. How we doing? Yes. Good yeah. to see you. Welcome, welcome. For those of you watching uh, on Church Online, welcome. Uh, my name is Desi. I'm the worship pastor here at Cape Christian. Woo. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Hey, you have a fan. I got a fan. Look at that. Is that your mom? <laughs> no, she's watching on Church oh. Online. <laughs> And joining me today is Mac, our operations pastor. Yes. I have a fan too. You do? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing something a little bit different today, as you can tell. Uh, neither one of us is Corey, so, you know, <laughs> that's different. No, we're going to have a discussion today about one of my favorite topics, which is worship. And fun fact, Pastor Mac here actually was a worship pastor for 25 years. It's what he went to school for. The man knows so much on the theology. He has so much expertise and experience when it comes to this topic. That's so, a lot of pressure. <laughs> so I could think of no one better to have alongside me today to discuss this with. So let's dive in, shall we? All right, we shall. <laughs> I, got, I got one person. That's all I need, right? Okay, so what is worship? You know, I ask that question, and, and right off the bat, probably for some of us, we, th we start thinking about it, and it's like, well, that's what we do at the, the, the front part of service. You know, it's the, it's the music. It's when that uh, crazy blonde-haired lady is bouncing around on stage, right? No. <laughs> so that is, that is an aspect of it, but the goal here today is break this down and, and go a little bit deeper with it. So we're going to start with a, a definition here, and Webster's Dictionary says, Worship is to honor or show reverence for a divine being or supernatural power. Another definition breaks it down as ascribing worth to someone or something. Right, and so simply put, worship is actually worth-ship. It's an outward declaration of the inward reality of how much something is worth to you. And so um, we're going to spend a little bit of time unpacking this a little bit, but um, you're probably saying, why why?" Why are we talking about this? What's, what's so important about it? Um, here, here's the deal. A lot of times we come into services like this, mm -hmm. and we've got about six days worth of stuff piled up on our shoulders, right? Yeah. We've got six days worth of bills, six days worth of arguments at home, six days worth of bad employees or bad bosses, six days worth of waiting in that ridiculously long drop-off line at school, right? Six days of that. And then we come in and we have this um, unspoken expectation that somehow in 15 or 20 minutes of music and then a message, all of that's going to be wiped away. Right. And then we get really frustrated and disenchanted and disappointed when we leave with the same stuff that we came in with. And if you're here today and you came in with some of those things and you have that expectation, you're like, man, why can't I get a breakthrough? I just, I, can, I just can't get a breakthrough in some of these things. Mm. I think you might want to lean into our conversation tonight. Yeah. Because I think some of the things that we're going to talk about might give you a little bit of a, of a larger understanding of your relationship with God so that maybe this next week you can do a few things different and get that breakthrough that you've been waiting yeah. for. Does that sound Okay. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's dig right down into it. So uh, before we before we get too deep, 
Um, I do want to give us a little bit of context and uh, so that we kind of have an understanding of where we're going. So the Bible is divided into two main sections, mm-hmm. uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And if this Christianity thing is new to you, if you go to the middle of the Bible and you hang a left, that's for the most part, the Old Testament. Right. And if you go into the Bible and you hang a right, for the most part, that's the New Testament. Now, the Old Testament, I know that we read it in English, but originally it was primarily in Hebrew, okay? And the New Testament was primarily in Greek. Now, the word worship in Hebrew, and you're, like, you're probably thinking to yourself, I didn't come to school today. What's going on? Just stick with me here for a second. Um, there are 10 different words for worship in Hebrew. And each one of them has a very specific meaning that describes an outward expression or an act. In the Greek, there are seven different words that mean worship. And each one of those has a very distinct definition describing an outward act. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't have time to get into all of them here. um, But suffice it to say, they all have something in common, and that is that they all have an outward expression of an inward reality of belief. They have this outward act that we do that is a reflection of how much God is worth to us. So worship, according to Scripture, is when your faith in who God is, who Jesus is, and what he means to you is expressed outwardly Mm -hmm. in some particular way. Yeah, so let's take a look at an example from Scripture. Uh, We're going to take a look at Psalms 95.6, and it says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Say, bow down. Bow down. All right, there's outward expression number one. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people he watches over, the flock under his care, if only you would listen to his voice today. So right off the bat here, we see two examples of you know, outward expressions of, of worship. So obviously we know when we, we come here, we're worshiping God and we're going to express it outwardly. So why then, and I'm guilty of this, okay? I'm, I'm talking to myself right now too, but why then do we make it about other things? You know, when I was younger, uh, when I was in my teenage years, I remember saying that worship could only happen if there was a band. That was the only way you could worship God is if there was a band. You had to have the guitars, the drums. And then another uh, aspect of that was it only happened on Sundays because that's when we were at the church and there was the band and, and all of that. Um, you know, I talk to other people and it's like, well, it's the, you know, it's the style of music we sing. And, and don't get me wrong, like I am a fan of music. I, I love it. I love that part of worship. You know, uh, music really is, it's so powerful. It really can yeah. help foster the heart of worship. It can help yeah. us connect and even, you know, express emotion. So there's nothing wrong with that. That's not what I'm saying. But the heart of the matter is, it's just so much more than right. what we break it down to be. Yeah, and uh, the Bible actually has a whole lot to say about worship. And if our lives are, are um, kind of created and designed to be a, a walking billboard for God that we, we want to declare his worth to us and stuff, we probably should, it would be a good idea to ask him what he thinks about yeah. how he wants to be worshiped. And, and he has told us in, in, in Scripture, the Bible has a lot to say about how God wants to be worshiped. And um, we're going to 
point out a couple of these moments, but the first one is from the Gospel of John. And the Gospel, uh, for those of you that are new to Christianity, so the uh, Gospel is just uh, an account of the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. And it was written by one of Jesus' disciples, John. And, and so he writes about an encounter that Jesus has with a woman. Uh, we call her the Samaritan woman. And um, she has a name, I know, we don't know it, but we call her the Samaritan woman. So, um, but they have a conversation, and Jesus has just told her some things about her life that he had no business knowing. And so she knows that he's somebody special, maybe a prophet from God. And so she asks him this question. Actually, she implies a question. She makes a statement, but the question is implied. And this is is how this interaction um, happens. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet, Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. We're gonna get into that here in a second. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Now, I wanna give us a little bit of context so that we can understand the there and then to know what it means for us here and now. Here's the there and then. The Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along very well. That's what made uh, stories like the Good Samaritan so so powerful when Jesus uh, told that parable. But the Samaritans and the Jews didn't get along very well, and there were a lot of reasons why, but one of the main reasons was around the idea of worship. The Samaritans thought that you were supposed to worship, that God's presence was was met with on Mount Gerizim, okay, Mount Gerizim. That's actually where she encounters Jesus, which I think is pretty cool that she encounters God on uh, on this mountain. But um, but they think that God is encountered on Mount Gerizim, where the Jews felt that, uh, or thought that you were supposed to meet with God, that his presence dwelled on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, and they recognized the authority of the temple where the Samaritans didn't. And that was a huge point of contention. And so this woman who just had this encounter with Jesus says, listen, you're hearing from God. You know some things about my life that you shouldn't know. So you're hearing from him and you Mm -hmm. speak for him. Who's right? Yeah. Because the Jews have this form, and we have this form, and they hate us because we have this form, and we hate them because they have that form of worship. Who's right? And Jesus gives her an answer that she didn't really fully expect. Listen to what he says. In verse 21, Jesus declares, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Now, there's a lot in that that we don't have time to unpack, but we're gonna focus on another portion of it. Yet a time is coming, in verse 23, and has now come when the true worshipers, say true worshipers. True worshipers. True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kinds of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, I wanna focus on those two words, spirit and truth. I actually wrote a paper on this in, in seminary and because I was reading through this, and there was a portion of scripture that kind of passed over a lot, but we have God telling someone how he wants to be worshiped. We come into places like a wonderful service like this, and we have a time of worship, and yet, sometimes we don't feel like things happen and we don't feel God moving and, 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 the, and we get really frustrated. It's like, mm-hmm. there's gotta be something more to this. And then we pass over passages like this when God is actually saying, here it is, this is what I'm looking for. 
But how many people know what it means to worship God in spirit and in truth? Well, in spirit, this is actually what Jesus is talking about. When it says, we must worship, God is looking for people to worship him in spirit. Here's the reality. God is so much other than us. I don't know if you know this. God is not a person. He's not a human being. He's not Mm -hmm. created like we are created. That's that's not who he, he's so much other than us. When the Bible calls God holy, that's what it's talking about. He's so other than. He is so other than us. And God is so other than us, he cannot be contained in the things that we construct for him. Right, right. So the, the Samaritan woman and the Jews were fighting about whether or not God was small enough for only Mount Gerizim or only the Temple Mount. That's what, that's what she's asking him. And Jesus is saying, actually, he's so much bigger than what you think that he can't be contained to just Mount Gerizim or the Temple Mount. Right. He's bigger than that. He's more than that. He's better than that. He's much more awesome than that. Yeah. God is so much other than what you think he can't be contained to the things that we have constructed him to. And so you have to worship him beyond the place and understand that he's everywhere and he's with you now. And not only that, but you have to worship him with all that you are Mm -hmm. because he's so much bigger than just going to the temple on Gerizim or going to the temple in Jerusalem. God is so much bigger than singing that song or that song. God is so much bigger than going to church on Saturday night or Sunday night. Right. He's so much bigger than all of that. Now, truth actually should read truthfulness in the Greek or fidelity. And it it really has this, this connotation of being in alignment with reality, okay? That, that's what this is. So God wants you to worship him with your whole being in alignment with the reality. Well, what's the reality? Well, there's a theme that John uses throughout all of his gospel that calls Jesus Christ the truth of God. And so what Jesus is saying is that the time is coming and actually is now upon you, mm-hmm. dear woman, that God wants you to worship him as who he is, which is bigger than Gerizim or in Jerusalem, and in alignment with who he is, which is actually me, Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying to her, that God wants you to worship him with the wholeness of who you are, with the reality of who he is through the person of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to worship God in spirit and in truth but yet we make it about the song. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We make it about the time. But he's bigger than that. It reminds me of a story. I was leading worship in in Minnesota, one of the churches that I was on staff at as a worship pastor. And there was a service where we got done with with the service and we had had a great time of of worshiping God, declaring his worth and, and great time of prayer and stuff. And I was walking down, it was kind of set up like this. And I was walking down this aisle and towards the back, um, a gentleman came up to me, and he said, Pastor Mac, I need to talk to you. Sure, sure, that's not a problem. Um, you know, I really think, 
I, I really think God would be disappointed today. Okay. I just, I think he would be disappointed. I think you guys are just a bunch of performers up there performing these songs that you like. We need to do some of the older choruses. That's, God had anointed those things and they had so much scripture in, in them. And um, I, just, I just think that he would really be disappointed with our worship today. He was not here. Well, thanks for that encouragement. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. And so I walked back down the aisle and I walked around this way and I decided to go out another way. So I went down that aisle and, and I got to the very, I got to towards the very back and a, um, a lady by the name of Bonnie walked out and I'll never forget this, tears streaming down her face and she says, Pastor Matt, thank you so much for being obedient to God. The worship was so powerful today. God spoke to my heart. He changed some things. Thank you so much for being obedient. Who was right? Who was wrong? Did God only show up for Bonnie? Did God's power and anointing and presence fall just onto the chair that Bonnie was sitting in? Or was there something different about what was going on inside of both of those individuals? Mm. Because one person thought that worship was about his form, what he wanted, what he was used to, in his way. But I knew Bonnie, and I knew that Bonnie had lived her life and went through every day and all of the things that she was doing throughout her day, expecting God's presence in every interaction that she had with people, wanted to see God move in every conversation that she had, Mm -hmm. and declared his worth by how she lived, by the fact that she prayed for people all the time, everywhere she went, that's what Bonnie was doing, and brought the joy and the compassion and the grace of God everywhere she went. So when Bonnie came in today, it wasn't that Bonnie was coming into a time of worship or a place of worship or singing a song of worship. Bonnie's life was a lifestyle of worship that outflowed and God met her in that moment. Yeah. And why this is incredibly important is because some of us come in situations like this where we come into services like this and when we leave the same way, it's perhaps because the posture of our heart is not in such a place that it's an outflow of how we've been living throughout mm-hmm. the entire week. Because God is so much bigger than the time, and right. he's so much bigger than the song. And the songs are great. They're wonderful. They're touchstone moments, and, and they create emotion. It's, it's awesome, but he's so much bigger than that. We can't confine him to those places or those times. He's bigger than that. Yeah, and I I would add to that, you know, it's also, it's not about how you sound. It's not having a musical skill. Worship isn't a concert. We're not here putting on a show. You know, it's not, I'm not meeting with the worship team and, you know, we're trying to sound so good that you can come in and just kick back and kind of watch us do our thing. No, like, we work on it, we work at it because we want to bring God our best yep. every single time because he's so worthy and he deserves the best that we can bring him. But then our hope is that you join in with us and we, we worship together. But yeah, I mean, there, there is this tendency. And again, I said earlier, I'm guilty of it too. We, we tend to make it about so many things, but worship is, is actually about 
the heart or the heart heart posture yeah. as as you were saying you know what is the posture of my heart in this moment like could god come in and ask for anything and i would give it to him mm. i i think back to my teen years you know going to youth group and in the worship portion of the service i remember one time sitting there singing the songs and i felt like god said hey raise your hands and i was like what no <laughs> Like, what are people going to think? They're going to think I'm a weirdo. And what about the cute boy I'm here to impress? What's he going to think? But slowly but surely, I was like, okay, God. And I, you know, I raised my hands. And I think I even like peeped one eye, kind of looked around. Is anybody watching? <laughs> but I'll never forget that moment because I was met with just such peace and such freedom in that moment. And then fast forward to, you know, in my 20s, it seems like I was like bawling and just sobbing like all the time in the presence of God. And I didn't even know why. I, I just knew that again, I was met with that peace and that freedom to where now fast forward to, you know, where I'm at today. And it looks like, yeah, I'm, I'm in this moment of worship. I'm singing a song and pretty soon I hear him go, hey, you need to forgive him. Hmm. And I'm like, Hey, we were just having a great time. We're singing one of my favorite songs. What are you talking about? I need to forgive him. Hey, need I remind you? Like, I didn't do anything wrong. He's the one that messed up. I don't need to forgive anybody. And he's like, this is an opportunity to worship me. Like, are you going to give me this? And I'm like, you're right. You're right. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I forgive him. And God, you got to help my feelings because I'm not feeling it right now, but I know that Jesus' blood covers that. So I'm going to take a step of faith and say, yes, I forgive. And I'm just going to keep walking in that because I believe you're big enough to handle that. And, you know, a few days later, something happens. I see something on social media or something happens to remind me of the, the incident all over again. And I'm like, ah, but then I remember, no, 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 I gave this to you mm -hmm. in worship. You asked me for this, so God, look, I got a meeting to get to right now. I don't have time to like sit in the presence and like bask in a song right now, but that's okay, I don't need to. I'm gonna make it simple. God, I give everything and everyone to you. I give everything and everyone to you. Yeah. And I, I just love it because you know, God, he's such, he's such a big God. He's so amazing. I mean, scripture tells us that he measured off the heavens with his fingers. Like, holy cow, he's so big. He's so awesome. He's so amazing. And yet, he wants to be with us. He, he wants to journey with us. And he wants every part of us, not just the good parts, he wants all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, as I like to say. He wants every, areas, every area of our life, big or small. And, and the fact that he would take the time to journey this with me over the years, it's still to this day, it just baffles my mind. One of my favorite songs right now, I'm, I'm going to read a lyric from it, but it says, I look up to the sky and I see a big God, Yahweh. And Yahweh is just another name for God. So I look up to the sky, I see a big God, Yahweh, who still fits into every single little space. And heaven doesn't feel like miles away anymore because you're with me. 
God wants the big things in our lives. He, he wants the big issues, the deep concerns, but he also wants the little stuff too. He cares about every area of our lives and he wants to be worshiped in every area of our lives. He wants us to invite him in. And I'll never forget, it was about 15 years ago when God showed me this. He introduced this idea of, of worship as a lifestyle. See, 15 years ago, something happened to me. I fell in love with God in a way that I didn't even know was possible. And I just, I just wanted to give him everything. And I was a worship leader at the time, so I'm like, I need to worship you with everything. And he gave me this picture. He said, if I press play on your life, what am I going to hear? You know, sure, I'm going to hear songs and praise and worship. I was a worship leader at the time. So that was happening a lot in my schedule. But he's like, am I also going to hear you yelling and screaming at people in traffic? Am I, am I going to hear you getting short with your loved ones? Because, oh my gosh, how many times do we have to go over this? And look, there's, <laughs> we're all human. That stuff happens. But it, it changed my perspective to help me recognize like, wow. I have so many opportunities to worship you, not, not just in a song service, but in everything that I do. And it was such a powerful revelation. I just, I had to write about it. I had to journal about it. I knew like this is a moment that's about to change the rest of my life and I don't wanna forget about it. So I wanna read this to you. It's from August 10th, 2007. This is a short journal entry. God, I don't know why, but it honestly surprises me to find out that worship is so much more than just music and lyrics. I make such a big deal about what songs, how things sound, that I forget to worship you outside of the song service. God, I'm ashamed. I think about all the times I've rushed to get to the church or I've gone to practice. I've been so one-track-minded that I miss people, things, these very opportunities to worship you. God, help me. I want my heart for worship to overflow into every area of my life in everything that I do. See, what I didn't realize at the time is he was uprooting these ideas I had in my head about what worship was, and he was showing me, oh, it's so much more than that. Yep, yep. It actually, um, that resonates so much in my heart. I've been doing this for a long time, and for a good chunk of time, I thought that if I could just develop the right, the perfect set list, the perfect grouping of songs, yeah. that everybody would encounter God and their lives would be changed and it would be amazing, as if I had anything to do with people's ability to encounter the presence <laughs> of God, right? Like, I'm that strong. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah. This is going to be great. God can come down and work because I got the right song, right? And... Over the course of years, he showed me that he actually didn't really need me. That people would encounter him, whether I was there or not, but that he was giving me the privilege of stepping into the moment yeah. and being a part of the process. Yeah. And in that interaction of me being obedient and worshiping him, declaring his worth by being obedient in that moment, he would change my life as well. 
And it became this really cool dance, this really cool interaction between God and me and the congregation, where when I looked out, I could see a much bigger image of who God is because of what he was doing in everybody's life, including my own. And what Pastor Desi wrote is actually a reflection of what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome. And I just want to read it. And this is what, this is what he says in Romans 12.1. I'm going to read from the message. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place that before God as an offering. Yeah. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Our everyday walking around life filled with so many blessings from God. Did you know that the Bible says that God takes joy, he finds joy when his people find joy in him. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That God loves it when we look at our everyday ordinary life and we see how much he's worth to us. Yes. How much he's done for us. How how many times he's come through in those moments of deep pain and hurt when we didn't know what to do ourselves? How many times, those those moments when we were wrapped and and, and imprisoned by our own addictions and our own sins, and God showed up in the middle of our chaos with peace that surpassed every single understanding? But it's not just about the grandiose moments, it's about the small things. That God is so great. He's so big that he fits into all of those little cracks into our life. And he wants to be invited into those moments. And what's amazing is when we invite God into the smallest moments in our life, he becomes even bigger. Because God is too big for Gerizim. And he's too big for the Temple Mount. But he's so big that he cares about every single little walking around, Mm -hmm. going to work, eating, sleeping, drinking, waiting in that ridiculously long pickup line at school life. (laughs) And he meets us there in those moments. And when we give those moments over to him, he becomes even bigger. Because worship is not the song. If we expect it to be the song, we're going to sing the song and we're going to be disappointed. Yeah. But if worship is the lifestyle that we live, now we can meet with God every moment of every day. Yes. And then when we come into this room and we declare the greatness of God because we've been experiencing him all week long, Mm -hmm. this moment becomes even more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we take this moment out there into those moments, it becomes even more powerful. Yes. Yes. Now, we wouldn't be really good pastors or good friends (laughs) if we didn't provide some space for you to maybe take a next step in this journey. 
And so for the next few moments, we're going to sing a song together. I thought you said songs weren't worship. I did. <laughs> yes, we did. We said that. But what the song can do is it can create the space, provide the words, mm-hmm. and convey the emotion right. that can give voice to the worth that God has in your heart. Yeah. And in that declaration, if you're here today, and I don't know what you're going through, but you might be facing some pretty insurmountable moments in your life. And you've come to church, and maybe you had one of the countless arguments with your spouse, or maybe you're wondering about what's going to happen to your child, or what's going to happen to your ailing parent, and you're facing the moment, and you don't have words for what he's worth to you. But you need to remember something because your faith needs encouragement in this moment. Let this song be your prayer and your invitation to invite God into those grandiose, stressful, anxiety, high, deep, deeply felt moments, but also into the little spaces, the everyday walking around moments. And invite him into those spaces and allow your life then to declare his worth. And maybe the first step for you is to sing this song that we're about to sing. Maybe it's just to read the words and to sit in silence while these people sing this song over you. Let the words wash over you and encourage you. Maybe you've been a believer for a long time and you love this song and you're gonna worship and stuff, but maybe the next step for you is to not leave it here, mm-hmm. but to live it out there. Right. I don't know what that next step is for you, but take this moment and allow God to work in your heart and declare his worth by accepting your worth from him in this moment. Would you worship with us?
Your presence is a gift. I will. 
God, we just thank you so much for being here with us today. God, you are good. You are awesome. There is no one like you. God, our prayer today is that as we leave this place, you would continue to help us taking steps and making worship a lifestyle. Thank you, God. We love you so much. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen.